0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Chronicles of Curiosity. My name is Katie.
1: And I'm Mason.
0: And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a pretty well-known bad person, serial killer. One of the top. Real bad. Real one of the, if not the top. Due to the number, but uh, if you haven't guessed by the title and our shenanigans, today we're talking about John Wayne Gacy.
1: Yes, one of the all-time great serial killers.
0: Great bad men.
1: One of the greatest bad people. Yes. One of the best bads.
0: (laughs) Well said. Uh, But before we get into that, anything you've been curious about this week?
1: Yes. So I recently have been going through my board games, and I got rid of some, and I'm buying some Mm -hmm. in the near future.
0: I love games.
1: Yeah, we both love board games, and it got me thinking about games that I used to play growing up with my family and, and with friends that um, weren't common. Like, you know, the, there's those things that you grew up with in your own household, and you think, like, everybody plays them or everybody has them, but then...
0: Then you find out that you... it was literally just you and, like, one other...
1: yeah. Yeah, like yeah. You, you'll ask someone else, and they're like, "I've never heard of that in my entire life. I have no idea." What it's you're such a about. humbling
0: experience. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's like, like oh, oh,
1: oh, wait a minute. My childhood and my experience growing up wasn't universal. That's yeah. not what everybody experienced. So it's so for,
0: like invalidating.
1: For instance, for instance, the games that I'm talking about, um, specifically like Masterpiece. If you've ever played that, it's a great game.
0: Wait, is that the artwork one? Yeah, it's you oh. bid. You
1: basically add a at a I love
0: Masterpiece art
1: auction, and your you're trying to bid on different paintings, and if you if you have never played it, just look it up. It's on you can buy it's, it on Amazon. It's really fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, games like that, games like Taboo, um, the Game of Life, which I don't really think that's very niche. I think no, that's pretty common. I think common. Game of Life
0: is a bit more bit more broad. I don't know.
1: But, like, growing up, we wouldn't play. Like, I mean, we would play Monopoly every now and then and, like, Yahtzee and things like that. But it was always the more obscure games that we had growing up that we actually enjoyed playing. Like, we didn't want to play, like, Cranium.
0: Yeah, no. No, your family has always been more into niche games. Um, The holly side is a very game oriented group and it's wicked fun i we have so much fun playing games with everybody um and actually i don't think i had ever like actually played masterpiece or taboo until i was spending time with you and your family
1: yeah i think that's yeah because i i remember at least one of the one of those two that you mentioned having to explain the Mm rules to you yeah Um, i think it was
0: it was definitely a masterpiece because i actually remember that because i was sitting at the the head of the table um yeah, that was fun, though. I feel like every time we get together with, like, your whole family, especially when um, our brother-in-law Josh is there, he's he's the game guy, uh, he always brings, almost always, brings a new game, so we are constantly having to learn new rules to a new game.
1: Yeah, big learning curve, but then oh, we God. all end up having a lot of fun within, yeah. like, 20 minutes, once we actually learn how to play the game. Yes. Um, but real quick about Monopoly, when I was in high school, it was, I think it was my senior year in history class, we were doing um, art- Mm-hmm. uh just classical paintings things like that which is what the game is all all about masterpiece masterpiece so our our history teacher um had us play the game of masterpiece over the course of like two weeks it was yeah. like a really it was a long period of time and the winner the winning team uh didn't have to take the final exam of our senior year
0: i remember that
1: um and i don't remember if i like Disclose this before we started playing. I mean, I paired up with friends who I was going to pair up with anyway. But I think I was one of two in my class that had actually played the game before. Yeah. So with a little bit of strategy and and, and some some know how, we ended up winning, which is really? great. Cause we I had placed so much so much emphasis on winning the game that I didn't study for the final. Oh, I love.
0: <laughs> so we did.
1: Yeah. So everybody else was upset that we won, of course. But yeah. if we hadn't have won, I don't know what we would have done. Yeah. But. We did I would win, have helped so. you study.
0: I kicked ass in uh, that that year of civics. I actually had a lot of fun with it. I'm a very visual learner, so having to like memorize a picture and who drew it, uh, painted it, whatever, was I actually slayed at that. And I think I can't remember if my group. I feel like my group won.
1: I think I feel like it did too. Yeah, because I remember us having this conversation.
0: Yeah, but a long I I feel like. Ago. I don't know if we ended up giving it to another team. Oh, yep. No, because... (laughs) Because, like, I... Remember feeling like I wanted to test myself to make sure I really had actually learned it because I felt like I was killing it for what the first time ever in what my entire high school career. What a nerd. Shut the fuck
1: up. <laughs> Voluntarily I will fight you. taking a test. I will
0: fight you right what? here, okay. right now. No, because I wanted to prove to myself that I had really actually learned it and I didn't just memorize it to pass the class. What
1: if I had said the same thing about a math test that I had said have? I, I just have wanted called you to test nerd. myself and I wanted to. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, I would have i called a nerd, but that's only because I have, like, a personal vendetta against math as an entire thing, because I fucking hate math. And what
1: about science? Like, a science class? Like biology, or...
0: If you were to say that you wanted to take the test to
1: prove to yourself, yeah. I would
0: say I wouldn't... I don't believe you, because that's not something that you would do. I would never do that. You would never do that.
1: And I... Yeah, I would never do that. Yeah. But I do like learning, and I do like taking tests, but only on my own terms. And that's yeah. something that you don't find out until you're an adult.
0: Yes. Um, yes. But
1: we found it out eventually, and that's the only important thing. Uh, is there anything you are curious about this week? Oh, we got off track.
0: Um, yes, so mine is a little bit different. Um, moths.
1: Moths, okay. Moths.
0: Um, so yesterday, I was out on our front like patio balcony area, and um, well, okay let me backtrack hang on yesterday I was looking out the window and I saw something on the railing on our front balcony area and I thought it was like a dead leaf or something and I had literally just cleaned those railings so I was like okay what the fuck nothing but audacity there um but
1: yeah
0: right how fucking rude but I went out the front door to see what it was it was the biggest fucking moth I've ever seen in my life it was the size of at least the palm of my hand. I feel like it was bigger than the palm of my hand.
1: It easily was. And the only reason I know that is because I, at, at about an, a 45 minutes before then, or was it after that? Hours or? before. Hours before, I was walking our dog and-, and Wait I, a
0: minute. It was there in the morning?
1: It was there at some point.
0: Because I saw it at like 2 p.m.
1: Yeah, I think it was there in the morning because I- It just hung out went,
0: there all day? I
1: went to reach down to take our the leash off our dog and I like- was kind of bracing myself and i i just Ooh. happened to glance over and i almost crushed it with my hand which i would have felt bad about because it yeah okay so it, it was it's a the biggest fucking moth i've ever seen in my yes. life genuinely and they're called what are they called
0: um i think it was an imperial moth imperial it was like yellow and purplish yeah look it up if you're not scared of moths megan i'm talking to you don't look it up um, my sister, Megan is deathly afraid of moths. So I had to warn her before sending Snapchat videos to the sister group chat of, uh, said moth. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, uh, I saw it out the window and then I checked to see what the hell it was via the front door and realized what it was, ran back inside. Um, I built up the courage over a few minutes to gently evict this moth
1: you smacked at it with, a, I did with it. A, mop. a
0: swiffer a swiffer like you know the green d- floor duster swiffers? it was like a swiffer sweeper um i took that and i held it in my left hand through the cracked door just enough so i could see and so i could get the swiffer and i gently just like shoved the moth off of the railing but i think i heard it a little bit i mean it like fluttered down to the flo- the ground. <laughs> and
1: it didn't sorry it didn't flutter it, it thudded it, on the ground it the video we'll, maybe say? we'll post the video on our instagram do you still have it Chronicles. um i don't
0: know if i had i don't it.
1: i don't know but it when it hit the ground i thought it was i thought you had dropped like a shoe your phone or it was yeah like a, a shoe it was or something like a it was smack.
0: Was like, yeah. Smack. yeah and and then i went back inside and then i watched from the window to see where it had gone and it had landed on just the ground and its wings were like shivering a little bit, which made me feel really bad.
1: Um it was shaking like a dog that was like a chihuahua of, yeah, yeah.
0: after a bath or a thunderstorm.
1: This thing was so big that I could see the tears in its eyes. Shut the
0: fuck up. <laughs> You're so full of crap We looked up uh pictures of it just to make sure we got the right kind and um looked for its face. It's quite confusing. Yeah, it doesn't really have a face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Monster gross.
0: Yeah, they're gross. Yeah, they're gross. But anyway, uh, I think it was fine. It uh, it flew away on its own terms, and I hope to never meet this moth ever again.
1: And I'm sure it feels the same about you.
0: Good. I hope I (laughs) sufficiently scared it away. Anyway, um, so I did want to give a little update on us, um, just because things have been a little bit funky over the last few weeks. We haven't... Haven't really been active or present on our social medias, on our Chronicles social media at least, Um, and we actually did not upload an episode two weeks ago. There were some issues with the weekend that we were moving in, and we didn't have the availability to edit or to upload.
1: Um, Yeah, and that's the most frustrating part, because we had the episode done and ready to go. Um, All of our recording equipment and all of our computer equipment was packed away in a moving truck full of 800 other boxes. Yeah um so that's that's yeah
0: and we couldn't unpack any of that yet um until monday but anyway we are now back in business we're back on track and we're mostly settled at our new home in charlotte north carolina so if you're uh in the charlotte or surrounding area hit us up you have any recommendations for us or want to get to know us hit us
1: up yeah if you want to take us to a brewery i will not say no to that
0: Hell yeah we've been there's so much uh we're big food people we're we're I would say we're foodies oh, yeah, a little bit, and Charlotte has so much food to choose from, and we're having a whole lot of fun um, exploring. Yes. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Just kind of settling in, finally getting comfortable, and we're back. This is the first episode that we're actually recording in Charlotte. Everything else was pre-recorded like yep. a month and a half before um so everything from this point on is uh kind of a new start for us
0: yeah but not
1: a new start for the podcast same same business as usual
0: same stuff just a new location for us yes everything else should be the same for y'all yes all right let's get the show on the road so john wayne gacy was born on march 17th 1942 in chicago illinois which makes him a Pisces if you're into astrology like I am.
1: What does that mean?
0: So, uh, I mean,
1: I know what a Pisces is, but what does that mean for his? In my experience,
0: well, in my experience, Pisces are really nice and like really sweet, but uh, this man was not, he's got to have some kind of like Scorpio moon or some shit like that. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I can't think of any other Pisces, Pisces, Pisces. Any other people that are Pisces at this point? (laughs) Anyway, he was the middle child of John Stanley Gacy and Marian Elaine Gacy, with one older sister named Joanne and one younger sister named Karen. Now, I did hear his mother referred to as Edna um, in an episode of a documentary that had like direct interview footage of Gacy's sister, Karen. So I don't know if Edna was like a nickname.
1: What did you say her official name? Marion. Marianne.
0: Marianne. Marianne. M-A-R-I-O-N. Marianne.
1: Edna. I'm do you not, get...
0: I'm not, I don't know. How do you get that? I do not know. But, uh, maybe it was a nickname, I guess. I don't know. Everything I found said her name was Marianne. So I'm not quite sure. Either way. Um, John's father was an auto mechanic and his mother was a homemaker. She stayed at home and took care of the kids in the house. Um, I believe it's a pretty well-known fact that John was quite close with his mother and with his sisters, but he did not have a great relationship with his father. His father was an alcoholic and was both verbally and physically abusive to his family.
1: Not a great start. No,
0: no, um, no. Um, a lot of articles and, and things that I watched said that he kind of spent his whole life trying to please his father or trying to be enough for his father. But, but from a young age, Gacy's father would often belittle John, calling him, quote, dumb and stupid, unquote. It's also been said that one of John's earliest childhood memories was of his father beating him with a belt around the age of four.
1: All right. Well, this is the point in the story where I feel bad for a serial killer. Yeah, there's always well, that on, point in, in serial getting, killer documentaries well, where you're like oh that's this poor kid and and then you remember who he actually is and i think you read it my mind or my notes i didn't I did <laughs> not write or read either I don't know, so you know
0: well, john's mother would try to shield him from this abuse but it only seemed to encourage gacy senior um he would call the young boy a quote sissy and a mama's boy who would quote probably grow up queer and quote which and i don't I don't like saying things like this.
1: Well, you're just reading from the facts. So. Let me
0: finish my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like saying things like this because of who Gacy turned out to be. But it, it I agree it, does, it makes my heart hurt for who he was as a child and only as a child because I believe he probably was queer. Um, but he was very clearly not born in an environment or in a time where it was safe for him to openly be queer. But that does not by any means excuse the behavior he would participate in later on in his life. That is my disclaimer.
1: <laughs> my, my kind of take on that is there are so many people who grew up in really, really tough situations and they use that to make them even better people. Like mm. some of the most loving people, caring people, accepting people grew up in really, really bad home situations. Mm-hmm. So and they, the, didn't,
0: they didn't end up being serial killers. Exactly.
1: They ended up the well, shit, opposite, a great that? person. Yeah. So, you, you know, I, I think one of the things that serial killers typically do is they look for someone to blame. Could be. Criminals in general, they're looking for someone else to blame besides themselves. You know, they don't want to take responsibility for themselves. Is a common thread.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Somewhere between the ages of 18 to 20. Now, one article I read said he was 20, but his sister in that interview I mentioned before had said that he was about 18. So just somewhere in that range, it's not entirely clear where, um, but in the ages of 18 to 20. Gacy would move to Las Vegas, Nevada to escape his father's constant berating and abuse, where he hoped to live with his cousin until he could kind of get his footing in the new city, which I can understand. Um, For a period of time, Gacy worked in the city's ambulatory services before he was transferred to Palm Mortuary. He worked there for about three months as a mortuary assistant, watching the head mortician's embalm bodies and occasionally assisting as a pallbearer, which is just the people that help carry coffins.
1: Before you go on, yeah. because I don't know what this series has to offer. I know very little about John Wayne Casey, surprisingly. Oh, really? Yeah, I know oh. I know the basics. I know as much as anybody else in the,
0: in the broad adjacent scope of...
1: true crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um do you think that the fact that he worked as or with a mortician had anything to do with his future crimes?
0: I'm not entirely sure. You
1: don't have a take on that? Well, I don't necessarily do either. I mean who knows if that's correlated
0: Yeah. I'm not really sure. I mean, it could have, but I think he was kind of fucked up from the start. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to guess the number of serial killers who also happened to be a mortician at some point are probably pretty small. So that's yes. probably hard to yeah
0: it, Yeah. Um, he actually slept in the mortuary on a cot behind the embalming room as well. So he nope. was he was there full time. Later on, he did confess that one night he snuck into the embalming room and climbed into the coffin of a teenage male who had passed away, where he, quote, embraced and caressed the body, end quote, before experiencing a sense of shock, which, you know what, I would too, if I woke up from some kind of weird fugue state and found myself in a literal coffin with a literal dead body.
1: Yeah. 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 It, I that mean, might it, be
0: a little weird.
1: I guess it's better than somebody else finding him and then him having to try and explain it. Yeah. Oh, well, it looked, uh, looked cold. Oh I, my
0: gosh. I mean,
1: I was cold. I Oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> hell no hell no Ugh. but after that happened he decided it was time to go home which i do think was the right move
1: home for good like moving back, yeah, back, home. To, back okay. to chicago
0: okay. yeah yeah um his sister karen said that when john returned to chicago he was totally different and seemed quote more into himself um which i take to mean as an arrogant son of a bitch yeah
1: that's what i yeah
0: which is actually a very common theme among many interviews and, and general consensus about homeboy John. Not long after going back home to Chicago, Gacy enrolled at Northwestern Business College. Despite never having finished high school, which I thought was kind of odd. How can you just go to college without never finishing high school?
1: Yeah, that's... Well, I don't... unless you get accepted... To like an honors program I, early. Well, I don't know. But he's no Stephen Hawking, so
0: Yeah, I don't I'm not really sure what that's about, but in nineteen sixty three, Gacy graduated and got a job as a management trainee at the Nun Bush Shoe Company. In nineteen sixty four, the company would transfer him to Springfield, Illinois, where he would meet his future wife, Marlon Myers. John and Marlon would marry in September of nineteen sixty four, which is very soon after they literally just met. I'm not judging. I'm just saying.
1: Sometimes if you get married quickly, I'm not trying to scare anyone. Every now and then it's going to be a serial killer.
0: Okay. You maybe probably shouldn't say things like that. <laughs> uh, Gacy's new father-in-law had purchased three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants in Waterloo, Iowa. KFC, baby. KFC, baby. Colonel Sanders. Um, he asked John and Marlon to move there. To Waterloo, Iowa. So John could manage the restaurants for him. They would live in Marlin's, Marlin's parents' old house in Waterloo, and would be paid fifteen thousand dollars per year, which adjusted for inflation is about one hundred and forty-four thousand yearly in twenty twenty-three dollars. All
1: right. Yep. Okay. That it's was so going to be my next question. That's not bad. That's pretty not okay. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. for Springfield, Illinois. No offense.
0: Right. Waterloo.
1: Oh, sorry, Iowa. Waterloo. Yes, Iowa. Iowa. Excuse me.
0: <laughs> and along with even,
1: the- even more so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But along with that, he was also getting a share of the restaurant's profits, so mm. he was making that cash money.
1: Hey, I mean, there's money in the fried chicken business.
0: <laughs> or at least there was in 1963. <laughs> uh, Gacy opened a club of sorts in the basement of his and Marlin's home, where he invited employees of the restaurants to hang out, but it only seemed to be the male employees. He never socialized with the female employees. At this club, the teenagers would be given alcohol and could play pool or just kind of hang out. One one article said that he would give many of the young men alcohol before making sexual advances toward them. And if the young man got upset or rejected John, he would say it was just a joke or it was a test of their morals, which is fucking weird.
1: I gotta say, if there's any teenagers listening to this, if any older adult ever offers to let you party at their house... Or no. drink or do drugs at their house Do not do it Stay no. with your friends I'm not saying don't do that You know don't have fun But do not do that There yeah. is always an ulterior motive an I wouldn't say is, always
0: But like 99% I, of the time Like yeah. that's that's weird behavior
1: It's weird behavior If they're not a serial killer It's still weird behavior It's still
0: weird Especially if there's like A pretty significant age gap But well, yeah, the, weird, yeah, yeah. the weird thing is Like at this time Gacy was really pretty young He was like 22 So it wasn't There wasn't like that big Of an age gap But motherfucker was creepy Yeah he was a sketchy, sketchy man. Also in Waterloo, Gacy would join a political organization called the JCs, which is a shortened version of the name the United States Junior Chamber. It was shortened to J- like the letters JC, which then turned into JCs, which is J A Y C E E S, which is just the name of them. Okay. I thought that was weird. Uh, the group focuses on leadership and business development through acts of social service. They're just big on them. Um, like helping throughout their local um, cities or towns and sometimes it becomes and it turns into like a bigger statewide thing. Um, In August of 1967, Gacy would sexually assault the 15-year-old son of one of his fellow JC members and a local politician, Uh, the son was named Donald Voorhees Jr. John was able to convince the young man to follow him back to the Gacy home with the promise of showing him heterosexual stag films, which is just a type of porn video from that time. I was going to ask. Yeah, I looked into it. I did. I go I go I You did your you did your research. <laughs> oh my god.
1: It's your birthday. No.
0: Yeah, that's not. This is not. This has gotten so fucked up. I looked up what a stag film was, and it was just a type of porn video from that time. Some of them were like silent films. It was just like an old-style porno.
1: If you ask me, what stag meant in relation to adult films Uh, heterosexual would be my the last thing I would say see I think I so
0: I associate the word like stag as like a um have you heard of a um like a bachelor party called a like a stag do no oh I have that I I learned that from mama mia what is it it's like a bachelor party
1: but what makes it different the name? See, I thought, I mean, I've heard of going stag, but that means you're going alone to something. Oh. If you're going to the movie stag, that means th- you're just going to see the movie Maybe by it means yourself. like
0: single, kind of.
1: Maybe. But why? Anyway, okay. sorry. Right, we're, we're way off track here.
0: Anyway. <laughs> Gacy gave young Donald alcohol, then he did show him a stag movie before convincing the young man to perform mutual oral sex. He would say to Donald, quote, you have to have sex with a man before you start having sex with women, end quote. All right. Yep. No. Correct. But. No, correct yeah. that it's incorrect. <laughs> anyway, uh, throughout the following months, Gacy would abuse several young people, one of which he encouraged to have sex with Gacy's wife, Marlon, before blackmailing him into performing oral sex on John, which is so fucked up.
1: Is this at the same time? This is a genuine question. Or are these like.
0: At the same time.
1: Um, with With John's wife and with the boy.
0: I'm not really sure. Like, is this
1: in the same night is what I'm trying to ask.
0: That was not clear. Okay. I'm not sure. But it, it kind of sounds like it, but I imagined it as separate incidences.
1: Okay.
0: Not sure. Uh, he also tricked numerous teenagers into thinking he had been authorized to conduct scientific research on homosexual experiments, going so far as to pay them $50 each for participating in said experiments. What the fuck? Man, it's so fuck? much
1: easier to just be gay
0: Right? Well, anyway, in March of 1968, Donald Voorhees Jr. would tell his father about the sexual assault, leading his father to go to the police with this information, because of course he did, obviously. Gacy was arrested and charged with performing oral sodomy on Donald Voorhees Jr., along with attempted assault on 16-year-old Edward Lynch. Gacy vehemently denied the allegations, but demanded to take a polygraph test. All right. Now, I do want to say, like I mentioned before, there are a lot of reports and interviews saying that Gacy was very overconfident, he was very arrogant, and I just kind of feel like him demanding to take a polygraph
1: kind of confirms those claims. Like, I don't... He's so confident in his own lying abilities that... Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's like, I I must, I must take a polygraph, because obviously these things aren't true. Right. They... They happened. I tell you what, they happened. Anyway... The results of the polygraph were indicative of deception, which I know polygraphs aren't really considered valid forms of evidence, but this is more than likely one of those times that it was correct.
1: And they were more accepted in the 80s and 90s, right? They're they're almost so. completely dismissed now.
0: Yeah, because now they have realized that it's like just not...
1: Yeah, there's just, it's just not accurate. It's inconclusive. You can't rely on like it. it's
0: pretty much always inconclusive.
1: It would be nice if you could rely on it. I mean, it would... I, it would I agree. make things simpler but yeah it's just it's just not that easy
0: yeah no gacy publicly denied all of these claims and according to his sister karen john told his family that he had quote been set up and that it was a political maneuver as he was running against donald Worley senior for the role of president of the iowa jc's
1: no one cares
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one
1: cares but she
0: said that the family like totally believed him they really truly thought that it was like just a political thing or he had been set up they really thought he was innocent
1: they want to believe the best which is natural i'm not blaming them yeah uh,
0: despite the people that did not believe gacy was guilty he was indicted on the sodomy charge on may 10th 1968 he would receive the maximum sentence of 10 years at the animosa state penitentiary which is not enough but they didn't know that yet as a result of the indictment and the imprisonment, John's wife Marlon would divorce him and take their two children they had together away from him. Cut. He would never see the kids again. While in prison, John was a model prisoner. According to Detective Michael Albrecht of the Des Plaines PD, most people in Iowa could not say enough good things about him being a prisoner there. He would also become first cook, which is like head cook in the kitchens at the prison he was in, which actually calls back to his childhood. He loved helping his mom in the kitchen. His sister Karen said he loved helping their mother decorate these, like, press cookies that she used to make, and he would typically be found in the kitchen when their mother was at work in there. Um, I'm sure his dad loved
1: that. Yeah.
0: Sick son of a bitch that his father was. Also while in prison, John's father, John Sr., was diagnosed with cancer and cirrhosis of the liver as a result of his alcoholism, and he passed away only three months after receiving the diagnoses. Now, in this interview that I had watched with Karen, it was actually an episode of, um, I think it's an A&E show called Murder in My Family. Murderer in my, Monster in My Fa- I don't, I'll look. Yeah,
1: I've heard of it. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're like right on it.
0: Yeah. And actually the whole episode is on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, and that's where all of the, the quotes from his sister Karen are coming from. She said that John Jr., John Wayne Gacy, felt kind of responsible for his father's death, which obviously is not possible because his father was a long-term, long-term alcoholic, so he had cirrhosis of the liver as a result of that. But I think John felt, Karen thinks, John felt guilty because his father passed away believing that John was guilty and, like, disappointed in John, which,
1: spoiler alert. The one good thing fucking that- Fucking
0: <laughs> yeah. The
1: one good thing that John Sr. did or thought.
0: Yeah, well, yeah kind of.
1: Because he was, I mean- Again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. It's a lot more complicated in, in the moment, yeah. of course.
0: Yeah. But unfortunately, Gacy was granted parole with 12 months of probation after only serving 18 months of the 10-year sentence.
1: 18 months.
0: 18 months. He got out on good behavior.
1: 10-year sentence. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, there were some conditions of his parole, though. He had to relocate back to Chicago to live with his mother, and a nightly curfew would be enforced by a parole officer
1: i mean i i enforce my own nightly curfew so which is what at 9 p.m you're so <laughs> full of crap we've been going to bed at like 11 30 yeah, yeah well
0: so all right this next we're in a weird this, place we're in a weird place this next section is going to be kind of date soup if you will i'm going to be throwing out a lot of dates so try and stay with me here we're going to bounce around a little bit but i tried to keep it as
1: i think you're asking me out
0: we're married <laughs> do you want me to ask you out yeah. okay all right we'll 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 deal with that after this uh on february 12th 1971 gacy was charged with sexual assault after a young man claimed gacy had lured him into gacy's car at chicago's greyhound bus terminal and drove the two back to gacy's home where he attempted to force the boy into having sex with him then a few months later on june 22nd 1971 Gacy was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery and reckless conduct after a young man filed a complaint claiming Gacy had flashed a sheriff's badge at him, lured the young man into a car, and forced him to perform oral sex on Gacy. Now, if you're anything like me and you kind of find it hard to tell the difference between these varying charges, um, I did look it up to help us kind of better understand. So here is my explanation of what I learned to help myself kind of figure out what exactly he was being charged with. So there are three levels of sexual assault assault charges that range based on the severity of the physical injuries sustained by the person filing the complaint. So level one is sexual assault that indicates that the assailant committed an assault that was sexual in nature, and although it compromised the sexual integrity of the victim, no injuries were inflicted. And this is the level of sexual assault where consent is the most critical. Obviously it's critical 100% of the time, but, in this situation, it's where it's kind of the defining factor of whether it was sexual assault or not,
1: okay, yeah, I follow so um, far,
0: yeah, so level two is sexual assault that causes bodily harm or involves a weapon or threats to a third party third party another person
1: another so this okay, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, okay,
0: um. And then level three is aggravated sexual assault, which I think is the same thing as aggravated sexual battery, but different states use differing terminology on that. So mm. sometimes they use assault, sometimes they use battery. It means the same thing. Uh, this is the most serious offense. It covers intentional sexual penetration with a foreign object without the consent of the victim. With me?
1: I'm, unfortunately.
0: Yes. So the charges for both of these incidents were dismissed. When the first teenage boy failed to show up to the hearing, and the second was dismissed when the second complainant attempted to blackmail Gacy. And on top of that, he was still on parole when these incidents happened, but they occurred in Illinois, so the Iowa Board of Parole did not learn of these incidents.
1: I want to believe that this sort of thing wouldn't happen now. It
0: fucking would. We're
1: talking what in the- what? 1970s. 70s.
0: How much faith do you have in our justice system right now? Uh, one. One? Yeah. That's bad, right?
1: Yeah, because it's out of 100.
0: Oh, yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the board of parole just didn't learn about this, even though these 1,000% would have violated his parole, obviously. Uh, but his parole ended on October 18th, 1971, and the case was closed. Nobody knew anything about this shit. So while all of this was going on, Gacy had purchased a home with the help of his mother at 8213 West Somerdale Avenue, Avenue just outside of Chicago,
1: which is- The infamous-
0: exactly
1: yeah i know where this is headed
0: yeah in 1971 gacy had also started a part-time construction business called pdm contractors pdm stood for painting decorating and maintenance pretty straightforward to the point there sure uh he would work during the day as a cook and then in the evenings he focused on the construction contracts with the consent of his parole officer because he still had the um curfew right so by mid-1973, PDM was really taking off, so Gacy was able to quit his day job to focus fully on the construction business. By 1975, he was working up to 16 hours a day due to the success of the business. Which is like- Hire somebody. He did. Don't you worry about that.
1: Um, I have to give a very brief aside here. I was listening to a series on the Chicago Rippers- which is a horrific, horrific case. I'll cover it, or one of us will cover it, I'm sure, in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, the Chicago Rippers and John Wayne Gacy operated at the same time in Chicago. And don't quote me on this, because I'm not sure the exact connections, but one of the Chicago Ripper crew um, was directly involved with John Wayne Gacy's construction company. Oh, man. And we'll get into that more when we eventually cover it. But mm-hmm. put a pin in that. Come back to this episode That's a fun when we fact. do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, fun.
0: Interesting <laughs> fact. Um, so around the same time as buying the house in Chicago, um, committing sexual assault, and starting a construction business, he, Gacy became aware of a local clown club called the Jolly Jokers. Uh, members of this club performed at fundraising events and parades, as well as entertaining children in hospitals. Gacy had created two of his own characters – which he named Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown. Now, Patches was described as a more serious character. We don't know a ton about Patches
1: yet. Oh, yeah. I could tell right away that he was serious. Yeah. I, yeah I'm pa- getting he sounds, like a, He
0: sounds very I'm getting like stoic. a
1: Jimmy Carter-esque.
0: Like the, pre- the former president? Yeah. All right. Uh, but Pogo was described as a happy clown. Oh,
1: he's Bill Clinton.
0: Okay. And Gacy's own niece, Sherry, uh, Karen's daughter, can recall going to parties with her uncle, when he was dressed as Pogo the Clown, he would do all sorts of clown tricks. He would pass up balloons and take pictures with kids. Even she says she loved
1: when he was dressed as Pogo. Um, sorry, I have to ask real quick. Yes. In your research, was there any indication that John Wayne Gacy was interested in clown work or even acting in his earlier on in his life? Did you find like no. any information on that? No. That's interesting to me that at the age of 30?
0: Right. Uh, and this is, yeah, he was about 30. About 30. Not quite. 28, 29.
1: At the 8, yeah, right around there, um, suddenly gaining interest in being a clown. I kind of can't help but think that this was a, pl- a plot all along.
0: Maybe, but he, I don't know. I mean, he, he didn't seem to be specifically like... Predatory? Pedo?
1: With his clown? With his, what? With his cl- In, in oh, his clown. Oh, like cl- using yeah. the clown yeah.
0: getup as yeah. a ploy to become a predator towards children right um i didn't get that impression
1: because like that's all the the documentaries and the true crime series and whatnot they always portray him as the predatory clown mm. but i think if i'm if i'm understating this correctly he was a clown and also a serial killer they weren't one and the of. same. he wasn't a clown serial killer
0: kind of yeah but um he did kind of get the nickname of the killer clown because he was doing his clown work and his murders kind of at the same time. Okay. Um, and there there are some stories I'll get into later where the, the clown shit kind of comes out a little bit during other bad things. Okay. Um, so back in August of 1971, we're backtracking just a smidge here. Gacy became engaged to Carol Hoff, who was actually a friend of his sister Karen's back when they were in high school, Um, and Gacy and, and Carol had dated briefly back when they were in school. Carol had two young daughters from a previous marriage, and upon her engagement to Gacy, the three ladies moved into Gacy's home at, what was it, 8213 West Somerdale. The two would marry on July 1st of 1972. Um, The couple were big party people. They loved to host get-togethers at their home in Chicago, especially an annual 4th of July barbecue that they held. But over the years, people began to quietly complain about an unpleasant smell in the Gacy home, which would often deter friends and family from wanting to spend time there. But little did they know, there was a whole lot more to the story just beneath
1: their feet. Oh, she said it. She said the thing. (laughs)
0: So that is where I am going to cut today's episode off. This is kind of like the preamble of, or the background of, the John Wayne Gacy story. Um,
1: this is the part that they skip through during the documentaries, but this is some of the most interesting stuff. This is
0: laying—it's not, but it's laying the groundwork. Um, so stick with us. Next week, I will elaborate on why the Gacy home stinks so bad and why John Wayne Gacy was such a horrible fucking person. Um, I want to give you some of my sources for this week's episode. Um, The book Killer Clown, The John Wayne Gacy Murders by Peter T. Macon and Terry Sullivan. Inside the Mind of John Wayne Gacy, The Real Life Killer Clown by Brad Hunter. Serial Killers, True Crime by Laura Foreman. John Wayne Gacy, Defending a Monster by Sam L. Amaranti and Danny Broderick. And Conversations with a Killer, which was a New York Times article mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Alex Wilkinson.
1: Yep, that one I'm familiar with. Yes,
0: along with that um, Annie
1: episode.
0: I'll have to uh, post the name of it in stories or, so- or Instagram stories or something like that so you guys can watch it because I literally pulled it up on YouTube and I'm using that as one of my primary sources because there is direct interview with Gacy's sister. So it's really helpful to kind of get her perspective on things. So yeah, that is today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, as always, give us a follow. Give us a review if you're feeling particularly generous. And feel free to shout us out to your friends or family or
1: your garbage even man. people, your
0: garbage man or people you don't even like. That's fine. They can like us and you don't have to like them.
1: Your bus driver. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And always feel free to reach out to us on our social medias. Um, we tend to use Instagram primarily, I would say. Um and if you want to chat with us directly, um DMs should be open. I think we're better about checking DMs versus noticing comments, just because Instagram kind of um, reminds you of messages more than they do about like comments and likes and stuff. Those are just brief little pop-ups. Um so if you want to chat with us, either reach out on our personals, my what's your personal Instagram? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember what mine is.
1: <laughs> it's linked on our Chronicles page. Yeah, I think um, in too. the description.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so our our instagram is chronicles of curiosity podcast and then we're also on tiktok at chronicles of curiosity pod um we haven't really been posting a ton on tiktok but we are pretty good on instagram we try to be pretty active on there or we will be pretty active starting soon anything else from you
1: no that's everything thank you all for listening
0: thank you for joining us have a great day afternoon evening week weekend talk to you soon bye
1: bye